0: all it is financially and in terms of uh, you know the terms of the LA Coliseum situation.
1: Well guys, here's a question that I've got. You've got Los Angeles, one of the biggest media markets, one of the biggest sports markets in the country. Why have they not been able to support, first of all, the LA Rams in their first uh, time there, And then the LA Raiders, who of course moved back to Oakland, I mean, there's not a great history of uh, NFL teams there in Los Angeles.
0: I agree with you there. And my biggest thing coming into this situation was who's to say L.A. deserves a team. A lot of people want to throw out there that it's a big market and whatnot. But you're right. They have lost a team on several occasions that has been there. For this to be such a booming market, why can't they sustain, you know, a football team? And, you know, it's questionable to think, Even though the NFL is looking researching all of this stuff in financial sense and, and making sense of it in terms of two teams being sustainable there, it's questionable to think can two teams be sustainable there? The NFL and their data says yes, but history says no. And that's where the issue lies with me at least. But then again, we're at the point now where LA, you know, in terms of, you know, America is the biggest market or one of the biggest markets. In America, they're going to want an NFL team regardless of if it's going to work or not. And they can make it work, but, it's, you know, it's, it's just a matter of I think whatever team goes there is going to have to win. They're going to have to win and prove their worth to the fans of L.A. Uh, like I said, L.A. Rams fans from before, you know, they're there. They wanted their team back. Now it's a matter of if can they keep their team regardless of if the team is winning or losing. So, We'll have to see and monitor that situation. But uh, now the NFL is a much bigger market than it was then, and I think that's why, you know, they brought the team back into the L.A. market.
2: Well, how how do you feel the $100 million that the Chargers will receive if they do not go to L.A.? How do you think that will factor into them deciding that?
0: You know, that's a good thing for the people of San Diego that, They want to make it work in San Diego if they can't get into L.A. So, you know, I just think that's a matter of, you know, hey, we can't get the team, both teams that we want into L.A., but we are willing to do what it takes to make it work in San Diego for the fans of the Chargers, for the fans of the city, and help them to keep their team. So, you know, I like that on the NFL's behalf of them putting in some money to help the city to get a stadium there, that would work for the uh, charges. I definitely like that situation.
1: Well, now, and most people, I don't know if you remember, but remember now, St. Louis used to be the home of the James, you still there? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Remember, St. Louis used to be the home of the Cardinals. Right, right. Remember when they had the baseball Cardinals and the football Cardinals? I don't know how many people remember that. So now you got St. Louis losing not one but two NFL franchises. That uh, that that hurts.
0: Absolutely, and uh, you know, I've heard reference to that when the Cardinals were in St. Louis way before my time. And uh, <laughs> you know, that's something that <laughs> I wouldn't really know that much about there, Bill. But um. Yeah, there was a point in time where the Cardinals did exist in the city of St. Louis.
1: Oh, I'm trying to remember who that quarterback was. Monty, who was that quarterback? I was for? sitting here
3: thinking the same thing of, oh, famous quarterback played for the Cardinals.
1: Hey, it will come to us. It'll yeah. come to us in a minute. We're talking to James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com. You can check out his work there at that uh, NFL based website, NFL. Uh, spot.com. As we're talking to James uh, this morning, he joins us every week now as we talk uh, NFL football. Well, let's move on to the playoffs. 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 And what's uh, taking place this week? Of course, the fallout continues, guys, from last week's, uh, last weekend's uh, NFL wild card round. And, and I got to tell you, uh, as the days go by, we think back and reflect on this past weekend. You know that served and provided some of the best theater for for the NFL. If you look at every game, and Aaron Rodgers showing flashes of being his old self, the Packers showing flashes of being their old self in the come-from-behind win. Yet yeah, you take into account that you had all four road teams winning. So much for home field advantage. Yet Blair Walsh missing a a chip shot field goal that, you know, still haunts him, is gonna haunt him until he has another shot at redeeming himself. I mean, and then you got the St. Louis or the the situation rather in Cincinnati where goodness gracious, the Bengals became the Bungles in allowing Pittsburgh thirty yards in penalties to move down to within field goal range, and I'm not so sure the Cincinnati fans have gotten over that one.
0: Yeah, definitely a heartfelt loss for Cincinnati. They had it in their clutches, and I put it on Twitter. I was like, oh, my God, are the Bengals finally going to get over the hump? I was thinking that they had gotten over the hump. Then Jeremy Hill fumbled, uh, and then from there it just went downhill with the whole situation with Vontez Perfect and um, Pac-Man Jones. And, look, the the fact of the matter is a lot of people been talking on this this situation in terms of, Cincinnati and they them having a lot of hotheads on their team. Yeah, I understand Joey Porter wasn't was supposed to be on the field, and he did get fined for that. But, you know, as the Cincinnati Bengals players, you have to know that the NFL is always looking at this kind of stuff. And when you do see a coach on the field, regardless if he's supposed to be there or not, you can't touch him. You can't put your hands on him because the NFL is real ticky-tack about you touching personnel, and the same for personnel touching players. So you, at that point, you gotta kinda keep your hands off of each other and don't make the situation any worse than it is. And that's exactly what the Bengals did. And from there, it just blew up in their face and it kinda hurt them, uh, in the long run. Yeah,
2: you gotta, you gotta know the magnitude of the game at that point too. You can't go out there as a player and put your team in jeopardy of losing the game because you make a silly, stupid play. I know Burford has had a history of doing some dirty things and, I know at the time he, he's probably trying to make a play for the team, but it comes a time where you go across the line and you can't do things like that. I know Pac-Man was probably just out there taking up for his teammate or what Joey Porter was saying, but you can never go up and put your hands on a coach like that. And right there, especially with the officials watching and, and the whole nation watching, you can't, you can't do a thing like that to put your team in jeopardy after losing to a fumble that almost just really lost you the game by doing that.
0: Absolutely. I a hundred percent agree with you. You know, a player is not also defined by what he does on the field in terms of statistics and being a great player. But a player also has to be in control upstairs. You gotta have that switch and know when to turn it on and off and you know what what are your limits as a player, you know, you can't do stupid things like Vontez and Adam Pacman Jones did that cost you your team. And, you know, that that's kind of credited to Marvin Lewis, who has taken a gamble on players of, you know, that magnitude, which, you know, that's okay. People deserve second chances. But at the same time, you know, it's one of those things. If you bring those players onto the field, you know, they can really help you in the end or they can really hurt you in the end. You know, it's it's a gamble that some players, some coaches have to take. And in this situation, it kind of hurt the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, as a result, the Pittsburgh Steelers are moving on.
1: Well, again, we're talking with uh, James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com. Let's take a look at, uh, again, the, the opening round of the playoffs. Or not the opening round, I'm sorry, the divisional round of the playoffs coming up this weekend. we got the Chiefs at the Patriots on Saturday 4.35, 435 CBS has got that one and then we got the Green Bay Packers at the Cardinals Saturday night. Boy, these are some good matchups this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday we got the Seahawks at the Panthers, Steelers at the Broncos. That's going to be the late game on Sunday. Let's start with uh let's start with Pittsburgh and uh the chances of Ben Roethlisberger playing or not.
0: Yeah, they're kind of measuring it day-to-day with that situation. Um, it's the AC joint situation, which, uh, you know, that, that's going to be hard right to play with. Um, for him, he said it was a matter of not taking his arm back to throw the ball, but pushing his arm forward to release the pass. That was the issue for him when they put him back in. So, obviously, that's going to be a situation to monitor with being Roethlisberger, um just measuring his toughness, you would think he would go out there and tough it out, but how effective can he be when he goes out there? Uh, can he throw deep balls, which he couldn't in the uh, last game against Cincinnati when they put him back out there? So you uh, you have to question, you know, how effective they're going to be as an offensive unit. Antonio Brown as well, uh, his situation with the concussion, you know, he's day-to-day. Um, some people think he's doubtful to play, but we'll see. Uh, That'll be something to watch as well because without those two players, um, and granted D'Angelo Williams is a very good running back, but you know he's been questionable uh, as of lately too in terms of health. You know, without those guys, you got to question can the Steelers really do it because defensively they aren't what they used to be in terms of stopping the pass. They're they're pretty good against the rush, but. They're not the steel curtain that we used to know and love back in the day. So without those players and without the defensive presence that they've had in the past, you got to worry about the Pittsburgh is in this game. And for that fact, I think Denver wins.
3: Yeah, it's going to be tough, I, I think. They play at Denver, right? Yeah. They, yes. got, they got to go on the road. And, uh, of course, whether it's cold or not, that don't matter. But if Roethlisberger can't get out there and throw the deep ball, you know, the, the Broncos are just going to be keying on that short underneath stuff. Uh, as well as stop and run, and, and it could be a long night if, if Roethlisberger's not able to play.
2: And they're already facing a very tough defense, and the uh, Broncos, they got to leave that corner, and they got some very good guys up front, so they're going to get after you. So I think the Steelers got to come in with full force and know the situation at hand. They got to come in focused and ready to play that game.
3: Who, uh, the other AFC game this weekend is who? Uh,
2: the Chiefs and the Patriots. Chiefs and the Patriots ought to be
3: a great ball game. Yeah. It really should. The Chiefs. Man, did they just dominate Houston last week.
2: Yes, they did. I mean, I, I feel as though the uh, Chiefs should come in with a chip on their shoulder because a lot of people aren't giving them a chance in this game going up to Foxborough. But I think Andy Reid, he's done a great job with that team this year. He's, he, I know they—I uh, don't know if Jeremy Macklin's going to be playing this week or not, but the Chiefs got some weapons on offense, even though they lost Jamal Charles early. But they got some weapons, and they got a great defense right now. So, I feel as though it would be a good contest
0: for him.
3: Do you think Philly is at all missing Andy Reid?
2: Yes, (laughs) very much.
0: (laughs) I would agree they are missing Andy Reid. And this is a guy that you can, um, you know, you've got to question if he's the coach of the year, what he's done there with the Chiefs. Um, Their defense is dynamic. We already know that. They get after the quarterback, which is why I worry about Tom Brady in this game, especially considering what he went through against the Dolphins. And the Dolphins' defense, no, you know, not trying to downplay them, but they don't have anything on Kansas City's uh, defense because you look at them, they got studs all over the field, Eric Berry. They can get off after the passer, passer with Houston, Tom Lee, Don Terry posed a great nose tackle. So um, I think, you know, this could be the upset alert game right here because um, keep in mind, Kansas City beat New England last year. And they know in their minds that they can beat them. And Andy Reid's probably coaching that to them. And you also, as y'all said, on offense, they're pretty good. They're decent. I think they just got to put up enough points to, and in the end, beat Brady, which I think if their defense holds up, they'll need roughly like 28, 24 points if their defense does what they have to do. But they got weapons over there too. Charkhandrick, West, um, Macklin, just name a few, and uh, Travis Kelsey as well. So. Their offense will be one to look out for as well.
1: Let's talk about the, uh, more about this Kansas City New England game. I tell you, New England is coming in, a team really hurting, and uh, they're, the process of, 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 uh, New England is going to be tested in this thing. Uh, Tom Brady has been sacked, a, a record number of times, 16 times, uh, over the last, uh, six games where they've lost four of those six. He's got a bum ankle. Uh, he's got other players, Julian Edelman. Uh, have you heard if he's going to be back or not?
0: He's uh, questionable. Last I heard him and uh, Sebastian Vollmer, the right light tackle, or, or one of their tackles, should I say, who's a very good tackle, by the way. And he's a guy that protects Tom Brady, so you got to watch him as well because uh, you got to think at some point he's going to meet Justin Houston, and he's going to need to be 100% to go toe-to-toe with Justin Houston. We know what he offers all as UGA fans. We watched him in college. We watched him throughout the pros. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal pass rusher. So he's really gonna get out to Tom Brady if that offensive line isn't healthy.
1: Who's gonna be running the ball for New England?
0: That's a good question. They have so many running backs there. Um the um I think his last name was is White from Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, right. that, he's pretty good. Uh, he's dynamic. Very good in the screen game. Uh, and, and he does offer a little bit as a runner, as well as we all know, he uh, started alongside the first-round pick over there. Is the uh, San Diego the running back they have? His name is escaping me right now. But they were a two-man tandem over there in Wisconsin, so he'll be one to watch uh, in terms of who's going to run the ball. But that's a good question, Phil. We're going to have to see how that plays out on the depth chart uh, throughout the week.
1: Well, you got Legarrette Blount, Dion Lewis now both on injured reserve, and uh, and, and as such, New England run game has dropped to uh, near the bottom of the NFL, their 30th as far as their run game goes in the NFL, mm-hmm. averaging mm-hmm. a meager 75 yards a game. So uh, uh, I-, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're seeing some things that New England has not been used to. And again, one of those is Brady getting sacked. You know, in all of our conversations about New England strength, I've always said when you watch a New England Patriots game, and this is what I love to do, when, when – Uh, Tom Brady goes back to pass. Just look at the cocoon of protection that he normally has around him. That is one of the biggest keys to their success, that offensive line giving Tom Brady that extra two seconds, three seconds, to look for the receiver, to check down, and and I think that's been one of the biggest pluses of his career. Now, like I said, we're starting to see some chinks in that armor now with New England. I think they're going to be tested, really, in this game – for the biggest time maybe in some time in the last few years in the playoffs. Kansas City, one of the hottest teams in the NFL. New England, as I mentioned earlier, losers of four of their last six. I don't know, James. There's a lot pointing there, as you mentioned. Could be an upset in the waiting for this uh, for this matchup.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. and like you said, um New England ended the season, their last six games, you know, not on, you know, up to New England standards. Why, Kansas City, they won, uh I don't know how many of their last game. I think it was maybe eight, somewhere along those lines, eight of their last games, uh, which is why they got into the wild card spot. So they're red hot right now. And need I remind you, they just dropped 30 on the Texans, while New England, I mean, we granted, they were at, in New England practicing, but New England was sitting at home, you know, watching this from the outside in. So, you know, that being said, them having a, a bye week might hurt them because, you know, this team, this Kansas City team, is building steam while they were, you know, watching. So we'll have to watch this situation. But it's going to be probably one of the more interesting games of the playoffs um, along the lines with that uh, Seattle and Carolina game.
1: Absolutely, and uh, a couple of things to note, though. Since uh, these last two teams played, when Kansas City crushed them, forty-one to fourteen, New England is twenty-five and six since, including, of course, their Super Bowl victory. And uh, also, even though we're uh, sort of singing the blues about New England's offense, their defense is still one of the more stellar units in the NFL. Only three sacks behind Denver's fifty-two for the league lead defensively so uh you know even though the offense is hobbled i look for new england's defense and the fact that they're at home to maybe give them the edge in this game let's move on to the pittsburgh denver game we're talking about two uh veteran quarterbacks but two veteran quarterbacks that are going to be ailing in this game we're seeing the return of peyton manning and i gotta tell you this thing is going to be setting up, I think, with Peyton Manning being what happened with him uh, getting benched for a couple of games, then coming back to save the day in their last game. I think this the, the storyline is setting up for Peyton Manning to have a strong run uh, starting on Saturday. What are your thoughts there, guys?
0: I agree as well uh, that Peyton Manning could uh, have a strong run heading into maybe the Super Bowl. As I told you all last week, I think Denver... Mm-hmm. Um, and Seattle are the hottest teams right now in terms of teams that's building up steam. And the thing about it is, you know, plain and simple, Denver is a little healthier than the, uh, the Steelers, as we already said. And one thing I think we could see with Peyton Manning that will help him and that I noticed that the uh, Broncos did in that last game, is C.J. Anderson and their running back committee was phenomenal when Peyton Manning got in that game. And they can take the load off of Peyton, uh, as opposed to in the past where we've seen Peyton Manny be, be a pure passer. Now he has a run game to help him to make up for what his arm lacks in terms of his age. Now he has a very good run game. CJ Anderson ran the ball well. That offensive line run blocks well, is, very well, as well as they do with the pass blocking. So I think we're going to see a game where the, um, the Broncos run the ball a lot, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I, I think so as well. I mean, especially with a uh, Pittsburgh team coming in, not, not as healthy as the Denver. I think, uh, Peyton will lean on that running game a lot. Ronnie Hillman, CJ Anderson, I think they'll get a ton of carries this week. And, it, and they'll try to ride this thing out. I mean, I don't, I don't see much of a contest from, from, uh, Pittsburgh if they're not healthy. Like, I can't put my my money and my cards on the Steelers that they're, they're not as healthy as the Denver Broncos. But the Denver Broncos defense is excellent. And I see Peyton coming back. He he don't have to save the day this time, but that running game will be key this week.
0: Absolutely agree.
1: One key stat, guys, to point out to you, Peyton Manning in playoff games. This, of course, is where he's probably received his biggest criticism, Peyton Manning. 11 and 13 guys in playoff games I think that's uh, a stat certainly worth watching especially for uh, for Sunday's game let's uh, let's move over to the NFC guys and uh, boy this I'm an NFC guy and uh, boy this is gonna make for uh, two great matchups Of course the playoffs I'm really looking forward overall to all four matchups but let's take a look at Seattle at Carolina boy Seattle. It was Merry Christmas in Minneapolis on Sunday as Blair Walsh misses a chip shot. And, guys, I know you all have seen this before. You see, teams get gifts like this, and it's, it's luck like that that plays a big part in teams being able to advance. So I look into that as something that could propel Seattle throughout the playoffs, but uh, let's talk about their matchup coming up with uh, Carolina, guys.
0: Yeah, I um, agree with you. At some point, Luck does play a role in getting the team where they need to be, and me and you and Monty, we've talked on this, but um, look at these two teams, Carolina and Seattle, very, very similar teams. I've also referred to the Carolina Panthers as the Seattle Seahawks of the South, at least for this year, because they play just like the Seahawks. They got this smash-mouth attitude about them, run the ball, play good defense. And they they are now finding out that their quarterbacks can not only run the ball but pass the ball as well. We got two good quarterbacks that are dynamic passers and rushers as well. So it, when this game, it comes down to, because they're so evenly matched, I think it comes down to depth. I think that the Seattle Seahawks are simply deeper on the defensive side of the ball than the Carolina Panthers are. And the the one game that the Panthers did lose, they did show me that you can wear them down with the right game plan in the fourth quarter. With the Seattle Seahawks defense, sometimes I don't see them wearing down. They have such a good rotation on their defensive line. They're deep there. You know, and they got Michael Bennett who can move all over the place. He can play five technique, he can play, you know, whatever you need. Three technique, he moves all over the line. And then they got guys that come in behind them that fill in just as well as he does. So, um, you know, C- Cliff Averill, very good defensive end on the Leo end, plays the wide nine technique. Love what he does over there as well. And I think when you look at that defensive line overall, they're just better than what the Carolina Panthers have, who still have a stellar defensive line in their self.
2: Yeah, I, I feel as though it'll come down to the-, the special teams game. Can Tyler Lockett make a play for – the uh, Seahawks and what who's gonna make a play for Carolina? I know that uh, on defense, the um they they they're, they're, they're kind of old at certain positions, so they're gonna have to come up and make some plays when they need to. And the Seahawks and who who's gonna stop Cam Newton? It's gonna come down to stopping Cam Newton from running first as a runner, and then making him be a thrower, and then umbrellaing those receivers down there and covering them up. So I think it'll come down to special teams and what defense is gonna step
1: up the biggest. Guys, what about Marshawn Lynch? Uh, James, do you know the status of him?
0: He also, like a lot of people that we're mentioning, he he also is day-to-day. So it's one of those situations that along closer along the lines to Friday that you kind of get a general idea if he'll play or not. So he'll be on one to watch with his situation because if they do have him and hopefully they are going to put him in there if he's 100% healthy, you know, he brings a new dynamic to the game as well. And um, nothing against Christian Michael, but, you know, Marshawn Lynch could, you know, be the X factor in this game, uh, being that nobody knows if he's going to play
1: or not. So um,
0: I don't know if Carolina's game planning as if he's going to play, but uh, he definitely uh, could play a key role in two things.
1: Yeah, I looked for one of the biggest matchups to be Greg Olson tied in for uh, Carolina going against uh, – Uh, the strong safety Cam uh, yeah. Chancellor, yeah, for uh, for Seattle, I think it's going to be a great matchup there. And mm-hmm. let's uh, last but not least, Green Bay at Arizona. Boy, I tell you, Arizona, I think is the team that is sort of quietly under the radar. Don't know if they're getting all the credit that they deserve, but guys, they may be the best team from top to bottom uh, of all the teams left in the playoffs. Green Bay, of course, came out, as I mentioned earlier, looked very much like the Green Bay Packers of old that we're used to seeing. Well, if Aaron Rodgers continues to have the hot hand, guys, I think that uh, they remember the last time they were in Arizona, which was a blowout uh, against the Cardinals and a loss. I think that uh, they're going in for revenge, and I think we could see a very, very different outcome from what we saw before when these two teams met. I'll let you guys uh, offer y'all's opinion.
3: Yeah, I,
0: I agree with you there. Um, Green Bay, I think along the lines of that second quarter, they turned the corner in terms of, you know, they had been on the down low in terms of their offense. And I think it was a one play where Eddie Lacy hit the corner, and uh, he ran with authority. It was about 30, 40 yards. And since then, Green Bay didn't look back. And they figured out, hey, we we got our mojo back. Let's keep running this ball and keep passing it, and they got momentum off of that. And it seems that, you know, you could tell on the sidelines that they were upbeat about it. They they found themselves in terms of an offensive team, and that's a dangerous thing if you are the Arizona Cardinals, who is a very good defense. They rank in the top ten in most major defense categories if you look at the statistics. So, you know, this is a team in Green Bay that's finding their mojo against the Carolina, or, or should I say the Cardinals team, who struggled in their last game defensively. As we all remember, week 17, the Seattle Seahawks dropped uh, roughly, what was it, 32 points up on this defense that had been good prior. So uh, that, that could be a key factor in the things. Tyron Matthew won't be there, as we all know. I think that was a big, big thing for the Seattle Seahawks. They took advantage of Tyron Matthew not being there at the free safety position. You gotta look out for Russell Wilson using Doug Baldwin and, uh, using those threats like Tyler Lockett, as y'all mentioned. You gotta look out for him using those guys against this secondary that's missing a key piece.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I don't, do you know Devonte Devontae Adams is gonna play or not yet? Cause
0: that's a good question. I do not know. Um, that's a situation that I'll probably look up when, uh, I get off the phone y'all yeah. with, with you all.
2: I, yeah, I feel as though cause, I know Eddie Lacy and James Starch are going to be huge for the Packers. They've been big for them as lately running the ball because they have to get the running game going. Ever since Jordy Nelson went out, I know, uh, the Cardinals are going to be keen on Randall Cobb in the past game and James Jones. So if they can get Devontae Adams back, if they can get him somewhat where he can contribute, that, that'll help. But if he's out, that'll be a tough loss because they, they're, they're going to load that box to try to stop Eddie Lacy and James Starks and try to let Patrick Peterson man up on on uh, Cobb or, or Jones. And they, they, that that on defense is pretty good. So the uh, Packers got to come in ready to play. I think they run the ball successfully. They'll, they'll be all right in this game. But it's going to come down to uh, which quarterback makes the least amount of states and the turnover game on this one. Because both defenses can get after it.
0: Right, right. And the thing to watch out for, as you said, with the Cardinals run game is David Johnson, who's a very underrated running back, the Cardinals are going to have to get him involved because it might come a point in time where their defense, as I said, they, their defense in terms of their secondary has been getting taken advantage of these last couple, or at least the last week. And if that's the case this game, they might want to keep the defense off the field by using David Johnson, who I think doesn't get enough credit for what he's done because the Cardinals are such a good passing team, everybody tends to overlook him. That rookie is putting up great numbers, and he is simply a phenomenal running back.
2: Yes, he is. He he He's doing a great job right now. I think it was a couple weeks ago he had like 41 fantasy points, and that's like unheard of in the fantasy world. So he, he's putting up really good numbers out there right now, and they'll rely on him a lot in, the, in that run game and even in the screen game. They'll use him for that too because he can catch the ball and run with it too as well.
0: I'm absolutely with
1: y'all. You know, and you got to wonder, guys, at some point, you know, James, we were talking earlier about the run of Nick Saban and whether or not he's been the best football uh, hire, uh, you know, looking at either through the college or the pro ranks. And of course, we also talked about Bill Belichick with the Patriots. But, you know, this thing's been going on a lot longer than what Saban's done at Alabama, talking about mm-hmm. Belichick with New England. You just gotta figure that the odds have got to catch up with Belichick in New England at some point, don't you?
0: <laughs> well, sometimes in history the odds do catch up with you, <laughs> and uh, we'll see with Belichick. Um, right now, I don't think the Patriots will be the Super Bowl winner if you look at well, how they look as of lately. So you know they're, they they do have a dynasty, nonetheless, but this. Super Bowl, Super Bowl 50, you know, the 50th anniversary, might not be a, a part of their dynasty when you look at it if they continue to play like they have these last couple weeks. <laughs>
2: yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, as of late the date, they just haven't looked like the Patriots of old. So unless they make a major turnaround this weekend, I, I don't see them being a Super Bowl champion this year.
3: Although they do know how to turn it up a notch in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, yes, they do. Yep,
3: James?
1: I would agree. Listen brother, good stuff man. Uh we'll talk to you tomorrow uh about more of the uh of the playoffs.
0: Absolutely. I enjoyed uh talking to all three of y'all today and um talking football and I can't wait to uh this weekend cuz we're going to see some real good football um, And uh y'all just keep up the good work over there. Love the program over there. Love it.
1: Hey, James, appreciate the kind words, brother, and uh, we are proud to have you as part of what we do uh, here on The Morning drive
0: alright so I have a good one, and I appreciate the kind words.
1: You're welcome, James. Have a good day, buddy. James.
0: Same you way. as
1: well. That's James Johnson from ProFootballSpot.com joining us this morning here on The Morning Drive. All right, time for us to take a break. When we return, I'm going to give somebody a chance to win a free lunch from Dick's Wings and Grill, and I'll throw in a uh, Fox Sports Valdosta T-shirt in the mix as well. So get ready, get your thinking cap on, and we'll test your sports knowledge when we return with more of The Morning Drive, Phil Jones, Monty Long, and we've got the All-American Kenny Murphy in studio with us this morning from Valdosta State, and we're glad to have him in talking sports with us here on The Morning Drive. Stay with us, guys.